Hey, it's Adam. Welcome to our weekly teaching podcast here at South Hills Church in Corona, California. Our hope is that as you listen in, you'll find yourself laughing and learning and being challenged and encouraged to grab hold of who God has made you to be. Enjoy the message. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I do have to correct Pastor Adam. It's not uh, 40 hours. It was 60 hours a week that I worked. And I pastor two campuses. So uh, thank you so much for having me. Um, I want to thank you, uh, the staff here, the volunteers, uh, Pastor Adam and Gretchen, uh, for having me. And you guys as well. I just want to get out of this off my chest. Anybody speak Spanish here? All right, I'm going to speak in Spanish. Gracias por estar aquí. No, don't, don't worry, I, I'm going I'm to speak in English. But like Pastor Moses said, it is Pastor Appreciation Month. And let me tell you, being a pastor is not easy. Um, a, a pastor is also a dad, a husband, a, a son. And it's a, it's a lot of work. And I got to tell you, you guys have an amazing pastoral family, amazing pastor. He's a good friend. Every time I talk to him, the only thing he talks about is you guys. And Gretchen as well. So as, as Pastor Moses said, when, uh, when you guys see Pastor Moses next week and, and, and Gretchen as well, just show him some love. Uh, give him a note, a hug, a high five, uh, and make him feel that he is loved and appreciated. A little bit about me, um, as Pastor Moses said, I'm Ozzy Vaca, and uh, we are neighbors. I pastor the Riverside Campus in 10 a.m. is the English service, and 12 p.m. is the Spanish service, and God is doing amazing things there. And I've been in church practically all my life. I grew up in church, and I've served all my life, no matter in whatever the church needed when I was a kid, a teenager, I would do ushering, greeting, and the parking lot, I would wash bathrooms for our families that would come uh, uh, to hear uh, from Jesus. Anywhere the church needed me, I would be there. Now, I do got to tell you, because I've been in church all my life, it doesn't mean that it's been perfect. This, this uh, uh, something called faith, that it's not perfect. It's, 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 it's a battle, and this is why I love South Hills, because we are the perfect place for imperfect people. You could come as you are and still, uh, you know, Jesus doesn't uh, uh, ask you to perfect your life and then come to him. He says, hey, come to me first and then we'll get you going. It's super easy, super easy. Um, I have a picture of my family. If you guys could show it, please. There they are. Uh, I got to tell you that when my wife saw me, she just like said, ooh, baby. <laughs> You're mine. Uh, my oldest is Sammy. He's 24 years old. And my... Uh, uh, the middle one is Caleb here. He's uh, going on 14, and he's the lawyer. So if you need a free lawyer, just let me know. And my marshmallow, my pillow is Joshua here. He's nine years old. And like I said, uh, my wife is Anna Vake. And on the 29th of this month, it's our 18th year anniversary. <laughs> I was born in Chicago, Illinois. Anybody from Chicago? What? Thank you for raising your hand, sir. I'll give you five bucks after church. <laughs> I, I was born in Chicago. Three months later, my parents decided to move to L.A. I grew up in L.A. And in uh, 1999, we moved down to Corona um, and, and Riverside. I love steaks. Um, second, my favorite second food is sushi. Um, and I do got to say this with no offense, but I, I just need to tell you guys this. I am not from the Middle East. 
I know I look Middle Eastern, but I'm not. I get confused basically every day. Uh, I go to, to the malls, I go to the gasoline stations, and people come up to me speaking in their language, confusing me. I once went to Israel and I almost stayed there <laughs> because they thought I was uh, uh, from there. So um, like I said, when it comes to church, I've been serving all my life. Even now with my family, serving is non-negotiable. We always are involved in church. We are always connecting no matter what is happening. All my, my family, my wife, my kids, we are serving. We love to partner with the local church, we love to partner with South Hills to bring hope to the community. And if you would, uh, uh, if you would ever ask my wife uh, what is her, like, the happiest day of her life, um, she won't tell you this, but I know it is, is when she saw me and she met me at church. I was playing bass one day. She opens the door, and I saw where she, she did this, right? Whoa. She double pumped. And she saw me, and, and she said, you know what? God lives, miracle, uh, miracle uh, maker, and, and the doors of heaven open for her. And she said, you know what? You're mine. And I'm like, all right, I love your faith. Um, but if you would ask us both what is our, like, over, what is our best, like, happy moment is when we found out that we were pregnant. I don't know if that's happened to you, but when we found out we were pregnant um, with my son, uh, Caleb, um, uh, we were super excited. We started texting everybody. We started calling everybody. We just made it a big deal. We were super, super excited. Um, and I will never forget, uh, a couple of years ago, we were in service. Um, and after the service, we were hanging out in the plaza. And we were talking to friends. And uh, all of a sudden, we started to, to share like the, the, our story with, that we were pregnant. And uh, uh, some of our friends, they said this. They said, hey, Ozzy, Anna, you guys don't see this yet, but you guys will have to give up serving. Well, why? Because you're about to have a baby. Like, wait, that doesn't sound right. I, I, I heard uh, some other uh, friends say, hey, you know what? I guess that's it. We're going to stop hanging out because you're going to be so busy. You're going to be taking care of your baby. And I'm like, it was just negative comments after negative comments. And other friends said, hey, you know what? Uh, maybe it doesn't happen right away, but in a couple of months, you know, you'll be a different family. You'll have no time for other people in your life. I mean, we just finished church. And I told them, guys, can't you be more spiritual? It was a great message. It was a great service. Why, why can't you be more up, uplifting with us? And what they were trying to tell us was that our serving days were over, that everything was going to change. Time was going to be limited, and all our focus and our energy was going to be towards our new family. Now, I want to admit something. It was a bit frustrating, right? Of course, you can have a baby, of course. It's not going to be realistic that you're going to be hanging out with them. You're not going to go to the movies with them. And you might not be, you know, playing Monopoly four nights a week with them as well. Things change. Now, maybe you've been there, um, and if you have, you know what I'm talking about. But the truth is that uh, it's hard to find this balance between your family and friends. It, it can be a difficult thing to do. And in our culture, we, we honestly tend to swing in two extremes, right? We all know people who are completely devoted to their friends instead of their family. 
And we all know people who are completely to their, their, their completely devoted to their family and have no room for friends. All right, everybody with, with me, let, uh, raise your right hand and say friends. Oh, that was weak. I'm gonna tell Pastor Adam not just playing. This side say friends. friends. This side friends. 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 Wow. You guys could do better than that. <laughs> you know, a lot of times we, we go to this extreme where it's all family and we have no room for friends. And it's not hard to understand why. Everybody's busy, everybody has so much energy, and we kind of make these like judgment calls. Like, do I go to friends? Do, do, do I sit with my family? And if we're honest, our gut reaction from a lot of us is this, family first. Family is priority. Family only. And, and a part of the reason why we end up like this is because we're sold this myth in our culture that when you find and settle down with the right person, you'll be complete. That they're the missing piece in your life and they will come to complete you and fulfill you and meet all your needs. And the two of you will have kids and will be your own self-sustaining little family. I remember my wife, when we were dating, she would hug me and say, Ozzy, you complete me. And I would say... What do you want, woman? <laughs> there was always something she wanted. But, but how, how true is that? That it's only family, it's only that your wife or your spouse is the only one that could complete you. I mean, can you become who God has called you to be without the involvement of anybody else but your family? I mean, is this what God wants for our families? Because I think scripture paints a different picture. In Genesis 2, verse 18 says this. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And I find this interesting because according to this verse, God designed life so that we cannot become who he created us to become on our own. Which means that you and I can only become who God created us to become when we are in relationship with other people. So what does God do? He says, oh, you know what, Adam? Man, I, I'm amazed at myself. I, I made you. You're perfect. But you still need help, buddy. What does God do? He makes him a helper, a wife. God added someone to Adam to bring out his purpose, to help him. And we get the first official family. And you might be here, you might be saying, yes, see, family first. Of course, family is important. Family, it's the main thing. I mean, it's, 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 it's a primary thing. It's a good thing. It's a God thing. But it's just not everything. If we're honest, if we make family everything, it, it, it it will kind of go south on us. It gets us in all kinds of trouble because we have less of a chance to become healthy, mature, capable human beings. And you know what happens? Instead, we end up with people who expect their spouse to meet all their needs. 
right? We end up with families who pressure their kids to be what they wish they could have been. We end up with kids who are sheltered and protected by their parents, resulting in them not being able to function out in the real world. Parents who overshare their problems and emotions with their kids because they don't have any friends of their own outside of family. We end up with families that come apart when the nest is empty because the relationship was defined by a parent and child relationship. See, again, you and I cannot become who God has called us to be if we make family the primary thing. So if we look up scripture, I think God seems to think it takes a lot more interactions with a lot of other people on an ongoing basis to continue becoming who he has designed us to be. And this leads us to our big idea of this morning. If you're writing notes, taking pictures, this is our, our big idea this morning. Everyone needs healthy friendships outside their family to fulfill their God-given destiny. See, some of us get uh, uh, trapped into thinking that friendships are all exclusively interactions that are fun, that are social, and easygoing. And you might be here and you're like, yeah, they better be because sometimes I need these types of friendships to get away from family because sometimes family, man, there's a lot of drama. I need to escape and I want to have some fun. I want to be social. But God seems to define uh, friendships as a much deeper, intentional, and broader aspect of life. And first, Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, it says this, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. In James 5, 16, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So in essence, what these verses point us to is love, is serving, is encouragement, is forgiveness, is prayer, build up, motivate. These are things that should be happening and we should be doing this inside our family. But you and I need these kinds of relationships outside of our family as well. So let me put it this way for you. Friends aren't people you ditch your family to go have fun with. They are people that help you love and serve your family better. That's a big difference. In fact, when we see friendships highlighted in Scripture, that's exactly how it was framed. David, this famous Old Testament central figure of the Bible, this is a guy who slayed the giant. He was a warrior. He was a husband, a father. But not only that, he had friends outside of his family, all throughout his lifetime. And all these types of friends and relationships he needed in order to become who God called him to be. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 12 to 13, it says this, So he sent for him and, he, and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. I don't know about you, but that sounds like Pastor Adam. 
Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of, uh, horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel, went, Samuel then went to Ramah. So before he slays giants, before he becomes king, before any fame came upon David, he was simply a shepherd. Simply a shepherd and serving God. In comes Samuel, a prophet who believes in him, who encourages him when nobody else confirms him. And then he comes, hey, you know what, David, come here. Let me anoint you. And let me do this in front of your family. Let me do this in front of your brothers. I don't know about you, but this is incredible. David had a relationship outside of his family, someone that believed in him. I don't know about you, but this relationship was super good. Sounds to me it was healthy. Now, not only that, but the Bible shows us a different type of relationship David had as well. 2 Samuel 12, verses 9 to 10, it says this. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will not never depart from your house because you despise me. And took the wife of Uriah, the Hittite, to be your own. So Nathan gets David and confronts him. It's like, what did you do? He calls him out. He challenges him in a way that nobody else could. That was making David better. So Samuel, the prophet, encourages him, believes in him. And Nathan is calling out. David for his wrongdoing. See, we all need these different types of people and relationships in our life. You need people to encourage you. You need people to challenge you, right? You need people to believe in you, to help you, to counsel you. We need people also that have our back. We need people who will speak truth into our life when we're doing dishonest things. When we're doing these like shady things that we don't want anybody to know. And certainly we need people who will help us build our faith. We need people who will help us find strength in God. And who will help you dive deeper into your relationship with Jesus. See, with David, there was more people other than family speaking into his life. And if I could say it this way, you cannot extract from one person what you were designed to receive from an entire community. We need to be a part of a community that's bigger than just your spouse, your family. You need access to broader set of strengths that you're likely to find in friendships outside your family. Let me give you some examples of different types of friendships you would benefit from. The ones that you, maybe you have a friend that you could call and say, hey, can you just help me do this plumbing work at my house? I need help with this project. The one you call for advice when you're having like this health crisis. The one you grab Mexican food once a month with. And you talk about how crazy your kids are. And you talk about football, go Cowboys. Oh, that didn't go well, huh? <laughs> go Rams. Go Raiders? Yeah. All right, all right. Go Jesus? Yeah. All right, all right. All right, we all agree on that one. So. 
See, we all need friends, the, the one you call to vent when you're angry. That friend you, you call and say, hey, can, can you just pray for me? I don't feel right. I don't feel good. Because you know that they will really pray for you. These friendships are healthy for us. They make us better. They round us out, making you and your family better. And these friendships should be making you more like Jesus. See, Solomon, who was David's son and was the king after David, he had all this wisdom about friendships. And I think it was because he watched his daddy work it. He watched how his dad was friendships with different kinds of people. And then he saw all this wisdom, and guess what he did, guys? He started writing everything down for you and I in the book of Proverbs. In Proverbs 13, 12, it says, Be friends with those who are wise, and you will become wise. Choose fools to be your friends, and you will have trouble. Notice this proverb doesn't just tell us the benefits of walking with the wise, but it also tells us the drawbacks of walking with the unwise. See, just like there's a list of type of friends that would help you be healthy, there's also a whole other list of friends that would be unwise for you to have. Let me give you some examples of, of who falls in that category. See, you, you, you and I won't be friends if you're always talking about my wife. Plain and simple. We can't hang out if when we're done hanging out, I am more angry and bitter. When you always have like something to complain about, but rarely anything positive to say. Anybody have any kind of relationships? When you're not like, when you're not committed to any form of personal or spiritual growth, yeah, we're not going to hang out. When you're always asking for my help, but you are never offering to help me. These types of relationships aren't just a bummer. They strain you. They make you, like, heavy. Instead of lifting you up, they simply pull you down. And maybe you're here, or maybe you're online and watching uh, this message, and you're saying, oh, man, I have friends like that. He's speaking into my life. If that's you, if you have friends this way, then let me be blunt. You might need to fire them. You might need to say, you're out, fired. Wait, I could do that? Absolutely. They ain't helping you. They ain't adding value to you. And it's not making your family better. See, some of us need to learn how to choose our friends so we don't have to fire them later. And Proverbs 12, 26 says this. Good people are careful about choosing their friends, but evil people always choose the wrong ones. God cares about your friendships, about who you bring into your life. He understands what you need. He understands what you were created for, which is why he says choose carefully. You know what that means is you, you got you to gotta have like binoculars. You got to scope. You got to be ready. I, I'm going to share this. It wasn't on my notes, but when I was dating my wife, man, I had like, I hired security guards and I hired inspectors just to see what she would do and act and, and, and live. And how was her character? Because I was going to spend the rest 
of my life with her. And every week, I would get a report. This, 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 and it's all good. Okay, that's one sign. Thank you, Jesus. You got to scout. You got to explore. You got to investigate. Who are you going to be friends with? And maybe some of us are like way too choosy. We find a reason to keep everyone at arm's length, to keep everyone away. And it's probably because of their past experiences, right? We had it with them. Maybe it was a hurt. It was a betrayal, some friction going on. And maybe that's part of the reason we say, you know what? No, no, family first, family first. No friends because of my experience with them. In our, uh, in our family, about two years ago, or a year, year and a half ago, me and uh, uh, my family, uh, we were boring. We were boring. We were predictable. We had, like, limited friends because we were too choosy. We, like... We would not go out. We would not explore. We were so predictable. And as a father and as a leader of my home, I was like, man, I need to change this. God was speaking to me and said, you can't be like this, Ozzy. You cannot be like this. You need to have friends. You need to have people to speak into your life. You need to go out. You need to be adventurous. You need to explore. You need to be different. So I started asking God, God, so, okay, how are we going to do this? Because I have no clue who's adventurous. I don't, I don't have friends that like, are, are opposite of me. How do we start? What do we do? Where do I go? And the answer we were looking for was in our campus. We met a couple that uh, goes to our campus, made for the outdoors. They are like super spontaneous. Uh, they love the outdoors. They, they are campers. They're real, and they're not boring like us. And I won't forget the day they invited us to go camping out in the wild, 7,000 feet up in Lyle Creek somewhere. I don't know, Little Creek. I don't even know where. He's like, Ozzy, after the message, get ready. I'll pay you for your food. Just get a tent so you can sleep in, and we'll see what happens. I'm like, what? Say What? After Sunday, I'm tired. We just be quiet, get your stuff, and I'm taking you to the mountains. And what's gonna happen? We're gonna have barbecue down there, and then we're gonna sleep. What? Do I need a pillow? A, a, what, what? Just, just go. So I bought a tent. We're only a family of four, and I got a tent of twelve. So <laughs> I don't know. Man, I was scared. What's going to happen? And, you know, it was like I didn't sleep all night. I didn't sleep anything. It was like 3 a.m., and I just hear like, some, like, like this in my tent. Like, is that a bear? What's, what is that? And I would just hug my wife. And she would hug me. I'm all like, we, we got to do this. We, 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 we got to do this. We woke up in the morning. I'm all like, never again. In fact, two, two weeks ago, it was 12 p.m. It was a Saturday, and I was working, getting ready for Sunday. This same family couple comes into our house at 12 p.m., and he says, Ozzy, Anna, stop what you're doing. I'm like, what? Stop what you're doing, and let's go. 
Well, what? Let's go explore campsites. Let's go to Lake Matthew. Let's go to San Diego. Let's get lost. I'm like, what? You got, guys, you have to understand, I am nowhere like, like him. I am the opposite. I need to plan for these things. I need to pray. I need to fast for these things. <laughs> I need to budget. And I said this, God, do I need to fire him? But here's what I, I started to learn. That Jesus doesn't put friends in your life that you want. He will put friends in your life that you need. Can I just say this is what me and my wife needed. Now I cannot get my wife to stop talking about being adventurous. Can you believe we went on the, like one of the tallest zip lines in the world? Me before, I'm like, oh, no, I ain't doing that. But here's a picture. That's me and my wife going crazy. I repented and said the sinner's prayer like 20 times. <laughs> that is crazy. Now my wife is building like a camping gear, like everything. I'm like, are you serious? Did they get to you? <laughs> she made me buy her a pop-up camper that we haven't even used. <laughs> I'm, I just told her, we got to sell it. If you're not going to use it, if you don't book a trip, we're, we're going to sell it. Well, see, now I have changed. I'm more open. I'm more spontaneous because we seeked out people who had more wisdom in the areas we were weakened. Me and Anna had each other. I'll say it again. Me and Anna, me and my wife, we had each other. But God had to bring outside people into our relationship to make us better. And now, with this friends, we're not only friends, we do ministry together. We have long conversations about Jesus. And we simply do life together. So here's my challenge for you this morning. Take an inventory of your friends and ask yourself if they're making you and your family better. Not just, oh, they're cool. I like them. Oh, they're fun to be around with. If they're making you more like Jesus, if they're adding value to you and your family, then increase your time with them. If they're not, decrease your time with them. You just don't need friends. You need the right kind of friends to become the right kind of family. So this morning, what if you allowed God to expand your definition of family to include people who aren't related to you? What if you started drawing stricter boundaries around those who you spend time with? See, we all seek and want change in our family. We all pray for breakthrough. We all seek like this miracle. 
we're all seeking this small little thing or this huge event that would just make our family click, that would just unite our family. But is it possible, is it possible that your answer is only a friendship away? Is it possible that the best thing for your family could be you investing in the right relationships outside of your family? Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this message as we get it into our hearts and our spirits and our mind. We ask that you challenge us. We ask that you challenge us. Let this not only be information, but transformation in our hearts, in our lives. God, speak to us. And as we leave this place, we don't only want to be hearers, but we want to be doers of your word. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Thanks for tuning in to this week's message. We hope you heard something that spoke directly to where you're at right now in life. To find out more about our church, hit up our website, southhills.org corona, or follow us on social media at South Hills Corona. And if our messages have made a difference in your life, help us get the word out by rating and reviewing this podcast. And as always, you can support the ongoing work of our church by giving through our website at southhills.org give and selecting the Corona Campus. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us again next week. God bless.